Hey everyone, this is the awkward episode, 699, where it's one before 700 and you're kind of sitting there saying, hey, 700's the next one, but, you know, what do I do with this one? Or at least that's the common discourse, or at least that's a common thing that one might hear, but these numbers are arbitrary, ultimately. Because it's about the process, the system of every three days coming back, speaking to a microphone, putting something there, and putting something out. And today is just the same. The next episode will be the same. And so on and so forth. But today, I do have a topic, which relates to my work, yet is also related to a number of general perspectives that we can adopt in life. There is a technique or tool that we use in our work called improvement science, which is, as one would logically imagine, the science of improving. How do we improve and how do we study the way that we improve and how do we do so rigorously? Improvement science has six key components in its framework. And one of those components is you cannot improve what you, can, what you do not measure. And this phrase is very present in improvement science. It's very, impre- it's very present in the work that we do. And since I first learned this tenet, this facet of improvement science, I sort of took it as word. I said, okay, yeah, this makes sense. You can't improve what you can't measure. If you don't know if something's getting better, then you can't say that it got better. So measurement is ultimately a key part of this, where if you want to improve something, you have to be measuring it. And you have to start measuring it in order for that thing to improve. Because if you don't measure it, then you don't know if it improved or not. So I took that as word. I, in the moment, understood that as it was and said, okay, yeah, this makes sense and this is true. However, I recently came across a different perspective, which is around evaluating versus measuring So when I think about measurement, you can take a step back and look at everything that you do in your life. And you can think about the things that you have improved in the entirety of your life. And I'm sure that you can find an example of something that you have improved in your life, visibly, that you do not consistently measure or that you don't measure particularly Think about a friendship that you have or your relationship, your demeanor, certain things that you do in a day, maybe even the way that you eat, the time you go to bed, all of that. It's possible that you measure some of those things, but it's quite possible too that a few of those things, well, I should say it's quite probable that a few of those things you don't measure 
and you have improved in your life. And it seems that the key to improvement rather than measurement is actual evaluation and assessment. And perhaps a better term, awareness. So instead of saying, hey, I I have a rigorous system of measuring my relationship with my children or measuring how I interact with my significant other or in how I handle conflict or in how often I brush my teeth, things like that. There could be measurement components to it, but the measurement itself is not the magic piece of the equation, but rather the magic piece of the equation is, are you evaluating? Are you assessing? Are you aware of how it's going? Are you aware of the improvement? Are you aware of the declines? Are you paying attention? And that, I think, is what it's about. And I think improvement science, improvement science uses measurement as a tool to get people to be aware. A tool to put numbers in front of someone's face. However, sometimes people get measurement fatigue. They measure too many things. And, be, and when they measure too many things, it's hard to track what's important and what's not. So perhaps if you want to prioritize, if you want to say, hey, I need to select what's going to be most important to me, instead of trying to measure a bunch of things, or instead of trying to even measure a number of things, you can measure a very small number of things and have those be the key things for you. But evaluate and pay attention to these other key factors that you've identified. That's one way. But the way that I prefer, the way that I have come to conceptualize this as I've reflected on this concept is we want people to adopt a way of being that involves self-assessment and self-awareness. We want people to pay attention to how they're doing. And we want people to pay attention in a way that goes beyond their feelings. We want people to look at what happens in the world around them and to pay attention to that as an indicator of how things are moving. And I think that that approach and that mentality, that mental model is more useful because you don't put a burden on people to say, hey, you got to start measuring. You got to start tracking all of these things. Instead, you say, hey, I want you to take an approach to life in which you pay attention and you are aware. And from there, you can really make a difference beyond just the factors that you're perhaps paying attention to in this work. And I totally understand the counterpoints to this, which would be, you know, adopting this approach is hard work. And it's not something that comes easily to someone. So why not measure some things, have a person start to do some measurement, and have that measurement be a driver of change? That could certainly happen. And that could certainly be useful. But I think within that shuffle, you can lose some key details, which are 
the way of being that can generalize beyond the specific context that you're asking for. You want people to be able to engage and to show up in a way in which they are evaluating, assessing, and adopting a perspective of awareness to pay attention to how things are going. And to have a certain eye toward that rather than just saying, hey, measure what you got to measure, period. And that's that. I think these two things have to live together. A number of things are significantly helped by measuring them. But a number of qualities are very difficult to measure too. And if we try to measure it, then we might end up measuring the wrong thing and thus get the wrong signal about what's happening. And all of this is to say, I'm here today to talk about dogma. I'm here today to talk about how we often take something as word. We take something for granted. We say, hey, this is this, period. We read something in a book. We hear a perspective. Someone gives a talk. And that's that. We take that in. We take that as truth, as word. And from there, nothing. We take it and, and run. And what I am asking for us to do is spend a little more time to think. And I'm asking this of myself, too, as I am the culprit in this case. I, you know, five years later, am the one in the chair saying, hey, I kind of missed this really big thing. Perhaps I can start thinking for myself and seeing this more through my own lens and not taking it as dogma, not taking it just because it's written in a book or just because it's said by an expert or someone with a PhD that it is true. How can I start to think for myself, create my own system of truth? And of course, draw on expertise, draw on experts, draw on people who know to develop that system. But your unique perspective in the world brings something to the table. And you have to exert that in tandem with the system of truth and making sense of the world that you build. And I think that it's so easy to fall into dogma because it's extremely enticing. We look at dogma or we look at the world, it's so complicated, it's so complex, there are so many moving pieces, there's so many different perspectives to adopt, that if we see someone we trust, we just take what they say as word. See someone with certain letters next to the name, we take what they say as word. And I totally understand the function of this. When we have institutions that work, this helps save people time, and it helps people to specialize and to not have to pay attention too broadly beyond what they do. But today we live in a fractured world with doubts and questions. And because of that, I think we do have to start to 
exercise our own minds, often beyond our own domains. And in addition to this, I believe it's quite a great mental exercise to try to make sense of it for yourself, to try to put the pieces together, and to analyze things through a lens of critical thinking, through developing your own perspective, through looking at the world, observing it, and and opening yourself up to questioning. Questioning what we see, what an expert might say. And of course, questioning doesn't mean believing they're wrong. Questioning means thinking for yourself. Because thinking for yourself can result in believing what the expert says 90% of the time. Or even 95% of the time. But as long as you're thinking critically, you're analyzing, you're assessing, you're adopting a perspective that enables you to make sense of the world through your own eyes or ears. That's what it's about. So I'll stop there for today. I think that's a lot to digest and I don't want to say too much. I want to allow people to think for themselves about this topic too. So um, I appreciate you engaging and listening to this. And as always, much love. And I'll be back soon. Stick around for 700. Thanks. Cheers.